Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every once in a while, the Jesus comes out of Zach. It's nice. Sorry for studying the Bible in Catholic school. Those 10 months in, in Mississippi really changed your life. <laughs> West Point? Is that what it's called? West Point? West Point, Mississippi, man. There you go. Absolutely. You're very obsessed with this West Point, Mississippi lately. No, because I, just, I keep forgetting. Like, there was... It was seventh grade. Yeah. Mace. Mace. <laughs> He said he went and watched Eric Dampier play in college when he lived in Mississippi. Yeah. And I said, that's right. You did live in Mississippi. I said, that must have been like just a marvelous time. The kid from California with a smart mouth. I'm sure he went over really well. (laughs) It didn't. In old West Point, Mississippi. Got a lot of these fists. A lot of these fists flying. Yeah, that was where the fighting really went down. In the sip. In the sip. Crooked letter I, you know. Okay, so... One of the central tenets, if not the central tenet, but one of the central tenets of Cinephobe is that you watch movies that you once thought were awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what the fuck is this movie? I'm so scared of the third one. Why was I allowed to watch this as a kid? I think this is one of the movies where when it came out at the time, there was nothing like it. And now... Well, there was the first one. Well, I'm talking about about just look who's talking. Now that I think about it, it's like, why the fuck was that such a hit, right? Right. But when I think about it now, it's like, oh, this makes sense. Because at the time, they didn't have Instagram. And so all of this shit was like brand the fuck new. 
And now we've been so desensitized and seen it been done so much better in so many different ways uh-huh. that like it just seems very sophomoric and quite frankly unentertaining. There's so much sperm in this movie. Oh, mesquite skeet motherfucker is a, <laughs> is a term that makes an appearance over and over again. Also, big MAGA movie. Yes! <laughs> Uncle Stewart! A couple of MAGA hits there. So, yeah, not what I remembered at all. Way more inappropriate than I remember. I feel a lot better about watching Howard the Duck as a kid than I do about watching this movie as a kid. Okay, so there are two things I was really surprised at. One is, I wrote a note at one point, I'm like, is this right? Then I'm like, yes, I stand by it. This might be the most 20th century bitch movie we've ever done. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there's so many different things all elbowing their way in. The other thing I wrote was a lot of F-bombs for a movie that's rated PG, right? Yeah, I think it's PG-13, right? In a movie that didn't really need to push the envelope on F-bombs. It's a nice family movie. Why did the filmmaker say, no, I need him to say fuck right here? Well, is it a nice family movie? This is where you say, isn't it? Welcome to Cinephobe. We start the yeah. podcast. Yeah. All right. You want to do that again? No, because I truly don't know. I mean, useless. <laughs> We're four hours in and he's already drunk. He's got to do something at 1 a.m. He's going to be drunk. Cinephobe is going to be at 1 a.m. and he's not going to be able to do it. Like, what? Are you kidding me? He's hammered. I mean, out. Out. Get out of here. Get a hobby. Knit something. Go for a walk. <laughs> Previously on Cinephobe. How am I supposed to go back to the me before all of this pain? Excuse me? We're new in town and we've never had sex before. Would you give us a hand? I would have rather seen his cock. Out of way, Bobby! This episode in this movie exists. You bet your sweet ass I saw a lawnmower, man. Oh, Teddy. I'll call some guys from my neck of the woods. We're not talking, Brooke, about a couple of queens who know a few grapples. We're talking about Polacks that don't have a goddamn future. You have a stupid heart and a stupid brain. Regular Einstein. You think I'm a coward? You're wrong. I'm not a coward. You're the coward. I'm not a coward. I love cocaine. I do it all the time. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't mean fag like homosexual. I mean fag like retard. I got nukes shooting out of my dick right now. I've got so many nukes. Dick nukes. I mean, look at this buffet of ass. Mouth to dildo, dildo to ass, ass to ass. Hi, Brant. Anal bees. I'm the goddamn talent, Maze. Look, Gene, I've never told anyone this before. My head! But I can suck my own dick. And I do it. A lot. 10.38. This movie is shit. You don't know shit. Holy shit, bro. I had the same note, too. I swear to God, both of you guys are the biggest fucking liars in the world. Howdy, howdy, howdy. You should have saved this for the train. All right, au revoir, Lubin. Lisa, solid. Oh, I mean, why don't you just be like a regular person and dream about regular threesomes? Like clones. Give me some soul, kisses, baby. Hey, beautiful. Oh, dang. Oh, Oh, my I can't indulge this comparison to a person that I mean may or may not know in a movie that has nothing to do with this podcast. That's some 20th century shit, bitch. We will tangle ass. Say hi to your mother for me. And you will lose. What's the end game? Okay, now everyone's dead. What is fucking Spence from Ballers? Who cares what the end game is? You're I am proud.
the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. Patreon.com slash count the dings for all the extra stuff, holiday episodes, game shows, everything we do, plus all the extra content, exclusive content to the Patreon from the Count the Dings Network. Give a review, review it on Apple Podcasts with five stars. We don't care what you say in there. We really don't. Just make it five stars. You son of a bitch who left four stars in that one criticism. My name Panini. My man Panini. What was his name? What? Jenny Annie Annie Dots? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Big poop face. Instead of the peep, uh, Panani? Panani? <laughs> I don't think that was it. I don't think it was Punani. Penis. But we did get Nick H. 69420. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't use Apple Podcasts, but I came here to leave the stellar review and say Saving Silverman has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's incredible. Thank you for your time. Did you send Super Mario Brothers, best worst movie from Just Cordas. Flappy Johansson says, <laughs> not as good as Tony Medley. Tony Medley for President 2024. Movie Man 24 7. I'm the goddamn talent maze. Val Kilmer has throat cancer and may not be long for this world. So why not a Val Kilmer month? It's dark. Is that, would that be the reason <laughs> to do it before he dies or after he dies? I don't know. Do we capitalize off this or do we commemorate? What if he beats the cancer? Yeah, right. Yeah, he might beat it. Then we'll never get Val Kilmer month. I mean, I don't, I don't think if he beats the cancer, he's immortal. No, that's how that works. It's like Rocky beating AIDS. What if we do a Val Kilmer month and then he beats the cancer? That would be like me taking credit for Nigeria beating Team USA. Which you did, by the way. Which I did. I still do. Absolutely. Shout out to Aiko Rabu. If you have a submission, submit it. Just needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or the critic score. You can tweet it at us. You can leave it in the Discord. More importantly, you can leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. July is John Travolta month, which means there's not an ass to be had. I started it with Killing Season. Maze went with Staying Alive. And now it's a means pick. And after about 20 minutes of drunken, let's just call it deliberation in the last episode, he selected the 1990 family romance comedy, Look Who's Talking To. Specifically chose it because it was not a rental. Turns out it's a rental. It's a rental, yeah. That's what he got. I had romantic comedy. Okay. Not family? Apparently not. Family romantic comedy is kind of weird. It's kind of inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Is that incest? Like, what is that? Family romantic comedy. How many romantic comedies are about a couple that's already together? How many romantic comedies are about family? This is eight times for star of the film, repeat offender, John Travolta. I wish I knew how to quit you. Gotti, I Am Wrath, Fanatic, Battlefield Earth, Killing Season, Staying Alive, and Swordfish. Running up the score at this point. Cage still the king. By the way, Pig, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't wait to watch it this weekend. No, that's amazing. Why wasn't it 100%? Because that fuck nut Mike Massey from Gone with the Twins on site buddy make sure you get the right massey i'll knock you and your twin brother out that's right piece of shit two can play this <laughs> game you piece of shit. in 1989 travolta had the experts and look who's talking he had chains of gold and this movie in 1990 and eyes of an angel and shout in 1991 every movie from Blowout in 81 to Pulp Fiction in 94, except for the first Look Who's Talking, is cinephobe eligible. Wow. Wow. That's a 13-year <laughs> run. 13-year run. He's actually got to be the face of cinephobe, right? Like, everything he makes is a piece of shit. He's the king of 0%. He is. Oh, my God. Look Who's Talking came out in 1989. 
Look Who's Talking 2 came out in 1990, and it wasn't like a Back to the Future situation where they shot them both at the same time. I mean, how long could this have taken to shoot? We'll get into that later, I guess, because I have a lot of questions about the production of this movie. Well, there was a quick turnaround from the summer to when this thing was released. I'll give that trivia later on, but there was a, a pretty quick turnaround. This is a pure cash grab. Kirstie Alley's also in this movie. She had Look Who's Talking in 1989, along with Loverboy, Madhouse, sibling rivalry and this movie in 1990 and then she was on cheers during this time and then later on cheers the infamous fat actress oh that's right we get the voices of bruce willis and roseanne barr willis repeat offender from cop out and armageddon i wish i knew how to quit you he was in look who's talking and moonlighting in 1989 he was in die hard 2 die harder and bonfire the vanities in 1990 and then he had mortal thoughts hudson hawk billy bathgate and the last boy scout in 1991 Mm. bruce willis not intimidated by john travolta dropped five future cinephobes in two years that's working ladies and gentlemen roseanne was in she devil in 1982 (laughs) with meryl streep with meryl streep yeah which one was the she devil (laughs) give you a wild guess (laughs) Carla Gugino. <laughs> um, she bitch. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare in 1990. And then, of course, the show Roseanne. We also get repeat offender Damon Wayans. I wish I knew how to quit you. Four-timer. Yes. With Last Action Hero, Blank Man, and Great White Hype. He had In Living Color during this time, and he had The Last Boy Scout and Mo Money coming out in 91 and 92, respectively. Gilbert Gottfried, repeat offender. I wish I knew how to quit you. He was in Problem Child. And he might have been in Blank Man, but we never got confirmation. I think that's him on that screen, man. And I forgot, but he was Abraham Lincoln in A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, that's right. He was. He's all the way up to three and a half points. Yeah, he might be four, but he's definitely at three. (laughs) He's climbing. Good for him. He had Problem Child 2 in 1991 and Aladdin in 1992. Olympia Dukakis from Look Who's Talking and Steel Magnolias in 1989. And then she was also in Look Who's Talking Now in 1992. Elias Cotius from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Fallen. Fallen's a great movie. Is that eligible? Ta- no, it's not. It's a great movie. Wait, wait, you, thought, you literally hold thought on. this movie was not eligible. Well, so look, I don't want to hear this anymore. This movie clearly was not, should should not have been confused as anything other than Cinepope eligible. Fallen is at 40%. 40. No way. By whom? For the critics. What? 72 from the audience. Oh, future cinephobe fallen. I'm excited. File. File. Yeah. File. That's not even a question. Lock it in. Put it in the spreadsheet right now, Maze. I want to see an update. We had Twink Kaplan from Look Who's Talking and Clueless. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't be saying that shit, man. That's her name. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. That's that's her name. Just call her Rona, which is fitting, by the way. And then Mel Brooks from Blazing Saddles. Oh, man. The excitement. <laughs> Mel Brooks, forever a legend, Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles came out in the same year, 1974. Wow. Wow. That's a banger. That's the greatest year in the history of comedy, right? Got no. Me. No, no, no. Movies? No. Name someone who had a better year in terms of movies. Jim Carrey. To direct, though? Like, to write and direct? What movies? What movies? Give me Jim Carrey. What movies? That's basically Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year for comedy. Pretty much. Jim Carrey in 94 had... The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura. It's a pretty fucking good year. Yeah, that's a really good year. I'm not going to lie to you. I was waiting to shit on you. That's a pretty <laughs> fucking good year. But, a really good year. But, but, but Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein are sure. literally two of the greatest comedies of all time. Yeah, better comedies, but that's still a really good year. The Mask is a really good movie, but it's not one of the greatest of all time. 
Who else? Who else in comedy? Oh, man. Yeah, Adnan in here. Tell us that Scorsese had a real funny movie in, in 98 or some shit like that. <laughs> this is kind of a crazy one. Ben Stiller's 2004. Okay. He had Starsky and Hutch. Banger. Envy. Banger. Along Came Polly. Banger. Dodgeball. Banger. He was in Anchorman, and he was in Meet the Fockers, all in one year. Yo, okay. that's pretty. That's pretty good. First of all, Anchorman, he played. The, I know. It's like, like five <laughs> seconds. Envy, we know, was made years earlier. Yeah. But the, none of them are at the caliber of. Like, Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles are two of the greatest comedies of all. Like, if you had to rank 25 comedic movies, it's in the top 25. Both of them. Fuck, I might say they're in the top 10, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're great. Mel Brooks, man. Legend. Yeah, I mean, no one no one was disputing that. You kind of did. No. You said, who has another year like that? I just knew that Jim Carrey had a year. That's all. Alrighty then. Written and directed by Amy Heckerling. She directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, European Vacation, Look Who's Talking, Clueless, an episode of The Office, and two episodes of Gossip Girl. Kind of fell off for her after this movie, huh? No, Clueless? Or after Clueless, whatever. Yeah, Clueless is a monster. I never liked Clueless. No, Clueless is great. You're out of your mind. It's okay. She also wrote Look Who's Talking 1 and 2, Clueless, and Vamps. And then Neil Israel also gets a writing credit who wrote all the police academies and Bachelor Party. This guy. (laughs) Amy Heckerling is like, yo... I made this great movie. Everyone loved it. And the studio's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy, hear me out on this one. I want to get you some help. You know, just someone to bounce ideas off of. And here comes Neil with like a rubber chicken and like a, okay, okay. Hey, where are the tits at? <laughs> no, but seriously. I'm... <laughs> Did you just say honky honky? Like the little horn that makes that noise. Synopsis for Look Who's Talking too. This time, a new baby is on the way, and it's a girl. Wrapped together with the standard conflict between mother and father, Mikey engages in a bit of sibling rivalry with his new sister. Whoever wrote this synopsis just gave up on life. Yeah, it's the same shit. This time it's got a girl. (laughs) Tagline, Mikey's back and about to face his greatest challenge, his new baby sister. I think his biggest challenge was the toilet. Or maybe walking his sister through fire (laughs) after being abandoned that wasn't a challenge at all he had no issues with that it's a child what do you mean there's no challenge he was not challenged he did not seem challenged at all he seemed challenged (laughs) and (laughs) uncle Stewart. different story now i struggled to find a budget on this but i did see seven and a half million dollar estimated budget which doesn't sound right to me i feel like this is happening more and more where we're not able to figure out how much these things cost and i feel like it's a lot of travolta where we're not able to figure out what this costs oh geez before we jump into this movie and you listen to the rest of this podcast look who's talking to is a rental the original is on hbo and yeah that's probably what he saw and he was just drunk and he didn't know what he was looking at are you talking to me yeah (laughs) Who the fuck are they talking about? Look Who's Talking To receives 14% from critics on 14 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 32% from the audience on over 100,000 ratings. Damn, a double qualifier. Do you want the uh, pause or the neg? I'd rather the positive if you have some of those. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. Emmanuel Levy of EmmanuelLevy.com. Maybe a lot. Three out of five. That's it. Entertainment Weekly. B minus. What? That's what we're not even getting reviews. That's just for the critics reviews. That's all they had on there. We're getting grades. That's all we're getting. <laughs> oh, geez. User Shireen H. Four out of five stars. I had a crush on a girl named Shireen in, in middle school. Oh, I've seen her recently. Mm, not, 
Not so much. Okay, good to know. Hope she's not listening to the pod. She definitely isn't. I love watching the adorable kids interact. This is so on point about how kids and babies act. I always think of this movie when my baby nephew laughs at whatever I do, and I think of the song Jealous Guy when my niece screams for attention. Whoa. User Everett W, four out of five. I will never understand the critics' hatred of this film. It's a warm, witty, easy-to-watch comedy as much as the first one. Its existence is also far more logical than most sequels. You know how people have more than one child. The themes of childhood, insecurity, jealousy, and family tension over money are all gently played with, and it's a lovely watch. It's a film about babies. If you want explosions, go elsewhere. But if you like heartfelt comedies, give this a go. I will add Allie and Travolta are one of the best on-screen couples I've ever seen. Their chemistry is off the charts. No, it is not. I kept thinking he was abusing her. When did you keep thinking it? When he threw her onto the bed? <laughs> said pipe down? And shoved her onto the fucking bed? I was like, whoa, 20th century, bitch. <laughs> User Patrick L, four out of five stars. Look Who's Talking To brings back Kirsty and John's characters in the future with a second baby and the good times and bad times of raising a young boy and a baby girl. Great songs amplify scenes they are packaged with, and although the film was weird or even dumb moments, it is a funny, searching look at relationships. 8 out of 10. I mean, you make some solid points in there. User VJ, 4 out of 5. Go VJ. Yeah, that's my VJ. Did you sing? sing. Better than the first. Also better than Avatar, Scarface, and Mamma Mia. Attaboy, VJ. User, <laughs> user Nate J, 4.5 out of 5. Go Nate J. Yeah, that's my Nate J. <laughs> Hey, Jones. Hey, oh. <laughs> How'd you mess that one up? I don't know. As quirky as the first, but now with the added bonus of Roseanne being part of it. Oh. Very funny, very cute, and entirely enjoyable for the whole family. This film is great to watch anytime. The added bonus of Roseanne. Don't worry, a lot of people didn't feel that way. User Kyle M, three and a half out of five stars. Go, Kyle M. Yeah, that's why Kyle M. Same disturbances of showing the process of birth before and right after, only in the first act. But the good thing is that Willis is the same in bringing laughs of narrating his character's thoughts. Also, Barr's familiar narration brings more laughs, especially the interactions between the two. Even though there were some ridiculous bits, this funny sequel is good like its predecessor. B, full review coming soon. (laughs) Shit. By the way, I searched through quite a few of these reviews. Didn't see a full review after this from Kyle. Well, wouldn't he just replace the one that he has there? So, well, <laughs> he just wouldn't say that. He'd have more on that idea in a bit. It's funny you would say that. User Guillerme V, five out of five stars. Very funny, fun, and epic. I can't wait to see the third one. Epic. No. User Ian M, four out of five stars. I love it. Not as good as the first, but Roseanne Barr is the voice of the baby girl. Genius. I adore it. Brings back great memories of when I was younger. Did he whack it to Roseanne or something? User Adam P. Final positive review. Two and a half out of five stars. Bruce Willis and Roseanne saved this movie from sucking. Ah! Negative reviews. Stop being a pessimist. This tank is not half full. It's half empty. David Nusser of Real Film Reviews. A perfunctory, underwhelming sequel. Chris Hicks of Deseret News, Salt Lake City. Simply a one-joke movie that too quickly wore out its welcome. Yeah, that's a very accurate <laughs> review. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that's about as good as it gets. He said Andrea, it. <laughs> Andrea Beach of Common Sense Media. What a beach. Comedy sequel has lots of cursing sex stereotypes. Uh, Not really a lot of sex beyond the opening scene. Yeah, he gets cock-blocked quite a bit. Oh, jeez. Ken Hankey of Mountain Express, Asheville, North Carolina. Why? 
Is that Ken Hankey or is that you Yeah, that, no, that's Ken Hankey. Okay. User, Otvio F, one out of five. Otvio F. It's the worst of the franchise. Look who's talking. It's also unnecessary. Your sequence is better than that. I'm going to guess look who's talking now is a little worse. Yeah, I don't really want to find out, but I agree with the meme. User Brady L, one and a half out of five stars. What was this movie supposed to accomplish? Was it supposed to make us hate the adults even more? Was it meant to annoy us with Roseanne Barr's constantly whining voice reverberating through our skulls? Were we meant to enjoy the sibling rivalry as it got slowly more intense and near violence? Or was this simply a cash grab for the studio in an attempt to make us care about talking babies? Ding, ding, ding. John Travolta does his job, but everyone else seems to not want to be there, including Kirstie Alley. Alley phones in most of her performance as she is not the focus of many of her own scenes. More bad decisions made by selfish people nearly cost children their lives. Only watch if you need a bridge between the first and third films <laughs> or are a complete completionist when you watch one film. You need to watch its sequels. I love the idea of watching the first one, then watching the third one and be like, how the fuck did we get here? Where did that second child come from? Yeah, I need a bridge. What is that logic? It's like watching like the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and be like, wait a second. The Hulk is intelligent now? <laughs> what did I miss? User Aaron D, one and a half out of five stars. Aaron Darling. Why the hell? Not different Aaron. <laughs> Why the hell did this foolishness get a sequel? Money, please. <laughs> money, please. Oh, no, no, there's no money. Oh, my bad. No problem. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. Um, I'll just destroy this off. Oh, hey. <sighs> money, please. Money, please. Money, please. Ben. Give her some money. It's easier. User Jake C, one out of five. An off-kilter rag bag of potty humor meant for children in unconvincing marital drama and music video-like montages with no connection to the plot, whatever the plot here might be, none of which complements the rest or adds up to much. It's hard to say what the movie has more contempt for, women, defined as no penises, and depicted as all shrews, or the intelligence of its audience. There are enough bizarre, ridiculous details to keep you laughing, more at that movie than with it. But ultimately, the joke's on you for choosing to listen to Roseanne's voice for nearly an hour and a half. 21st century, ma'am. User Dustin G, one out of five. Absolute shite in almost every way. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Give us the cuckoldary voice. Absolute shite in almost every way. Rarely have cash grabs failed as resolutely as this. I shudder to think what the third one's like. I like watching me wife book. Two O's in that, by the way. Whoop. User Skylar B, one out of five. Yo, my kids keep writing fake stories with names like Skylar. And I'm like, where are you getting these names from? <laughs> Skylar. He eats your pee pee and your doo doo, end quote. He should eat this movie then. Ha ha, Mr. Toilet Man. User Thomas B, half star out of five. Mr. Toilet Man to you, sir. More dumb stuff like the first one, only dumber. Dumb and dumber too. User Paco B, one out of five stars. Paco B shopping. Paco B shopping. <laughs> Legal leverage. After the first, no movie is great. Parentheses, except The Godfather, end parentheses. Best scene, none. I'm going to say Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to say Back to the Future 2. Dark Knight. Horrible Bosses 2. According to people, I don't know this for a fact, but Fast and the Furious, anything after like number five? No, anything after four, starting with five. Shut the fuck up. Is that Paco? That was Paco B. Shop yourself some like real taste. How about that? User Francisco M, one out of five. In a world where I do movie guy impressions. I, I just meal, little taco boy. That is a deep cut, ladies and gentlemen. 
After the first, no movie is great. Parentheses, except The Godfather. End parentheses. Best scene, none. What? It was the same what? review under two different names with the same score. Copy paste. Yep. <laughs> but why two different names? Because you got to make another account. Who's Paco B? Who's Francisco M? You had to shit on this movie so bad you made two accounts? Dude, I had a dream about a coach drawing up plays, but he just kept using copy paste, copy paste in the huddle. What? And I was like, are the players going to get into this? And then finally, user Sue B, one out of five. Sue Bird? Crap, something April would really enjoy. What? I love when these Rotten Tomatoes people come in to drag their friends. I'm curious what April likes. I got to tell you. April. April's got two kids. She probably love this shit. Fellas, the sport of business means demanding excellence from your craft and your wardrobe. Your fits need to be versatile, blending timeless style and comfort so that you look as good as you feel. That just cuts clothing. That's right. I got the cuts t-shirt. I got the cuts polo. And my favorite, I got the cuts hoodie. The material, the fabric is premium quality, but it's got a minimalist aesthetic to it. I like the way it looks on me, but I love even more how it feels because I can wear these things. I won't get too hot. I won't get too cool. It's just the right amount for whatever I'm trying to do. Take a plain tee, but make it Tony Stark. The bleeding edge of fabric technology meets the man confident enough to wear it. Ha <laughs> ha! That's your boy wearing cuts. And that can be you, too. Cuts is premium with a purpose. Each piece of clothing is designed with custom-engineered fabric, expertly graded for the perfect fit, arming you for every challenge and opportunity. It's what my man Steve Borelli had in mind when he created the company in 2016. He set out to create clothes ready for every occasion the modern man faces. Listen to me. I want this to be very clear. This is not just a lifestyle. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash ding. That's cutsclothing.com slash D-I-N-G for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Don't get left out in the cold. Get yourself some cuts. All right, Amin. What is your first note? Do you guys remember that Joan Rivers was originally supposed to be the, the voice of the of the little girl? No, I didn't remember that. At the end of Look Who's Talking, Julie is born, and Joan Rivers is the voice. And she says, oh, I had a day you wouldn't believe. Can we talk? Which was like Joan Rivers' like catchphrase. It's kind of like if they had to cast Urkel to do the voice, and at the end of it, it's like, did I do that? Like, that was the thing. And I was like, oh, you know what, Joan Rivers? I'm here for it. And then I remember watching this movie, like, the fuck you ain't Joan Rivers Roseanne Barr the other thing and admittedly I was a little tipsy when I was watching this I said holy shit wait is this just me did the tri-star like fucking horse start talking <laughs> yes it did the pegasus you were so drunk you thought the tri-star pegasus was actually talking to you a figment of my imagination yes he's doing a Mr. Ed impression right this is a repeat offender <laughs> Mr. Ed <laughs> he's talking to Wilbur. Wilbur he's like here I go Wilbur some shit like that. Oh, shit. We got Sea of Love playing as the egg drops inside Kirstie Alley. Looks like a giant olive slice mm. floating through some billowy curtains. Is the egg singing? It is. Singing along. It's landed. And now we cut to Travolta and Alley in bed. Mm. He asks if her diaphragm is in. 20th century, bitch. Bitch, yeah. Oh, jeez. We got to Bruce Willis 
the baby version wondering if monsters are real and what's real and he's afraid of the dark and he sees some evil eyes in a toy barn and it's this glazed red demon peeking its head out satan's alley of a top barn door yes satan's alley. and when i saw that i asked myself is this supposed to be a metaphor for travolta's penis oh interesting more on that later more on that later <laughs> what he hides under the covers, and now the demon toy makes a stuffed bear evil. There are red eyes glowing everywhere. This bear is murderous, and the kid starts screaming about monsters. Travolta starts to get up to check on him, but tells Kirsty not to read her accounting magazines because it gets you out of the mood. Accounting magazines, 20th century, bitch. <laughs> he means it gets her dry. Were they going to bone with the doors open? Because their doors open, and the kid's door is open. And that's a small-ass apartment. How is he going to hear his little sister getting made? How did this get made? Wait. So the kid's talking, but also we get inner monologue because I don't the like the <laughs> mouth moving is <laughs> same no I really hate that. It's gonna anger me the more this movie goes on. Oh, you're about to be angry, sir. Travolta's playing with the toys. He does a Pee Wee Herman impersonation. It's Popeye, Pee Wee, Garfield, and Gumby all together on a shelf. I think it was Popeye. Yeah, he was the one who did it. Why you have all the things I'll take that gummy and I'll knock him from here to Kingdom Come to you. I think my daddy likes these toys more than I do. <laughs> who else? Pee Wee? No, Pee Wee. Ha! 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 As fate would have it, Pee Wee was the monster. He does a flying turd joke with a Mr. Potato Head. This dumb kid smiles and doesn't know why he called Dad in at this point. Travolta walks back in the bedroom and she's asleep with the magazine out. Oh, come on, Molly. I told you not to read this. Now get up. Oh, uh, come on, Herc. Oh, come on, Molly. You can't treat dames like that. Problematic. Uh, I'm problematic. He's a problem. Get up. It's the tip of the iceberg. What do you mean? Jeez. Oh, jeez. He's begging her for sex. She wants to sleep. Mm-hmm. She says they don't have any fun doing it when she's sleeping. He says that never stopped them before. Damn. What? Literally, my laptop exploded because I didn't know. I bet it did. Is this problematic? Is this tension? I don't think we could call it tension. I think it's a crime, but I'm not sure. Not funny. That's what it is. They just laugh it off. Oh, I'm problematic. You're the problem. She gives in and they start doing it. Cut to sperm everywhere in her fallopian tubes. Oh, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. Oh, skeet, skeet, goddamn. The egg is self aware. I can't tell if this is a lot of cum or not much. It's a lot of cum, buddy. It's a lot of ejaculate. To the window, to the uterine wall. It's fairly graphic in there. To the sperm swims out my balls. The sperm gets lost in the tube? Yeah. Are all the sperm men? Yes. My question is, how much time did Travolta spend ADRing all these sperm? Oh, they're all Travolta? I think they're supposed to be. I'm sure that they're not, okay. but a couple of them were definitely sounding like Travolta. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, boys, I found a way in. You know what I want to do? Hey. This egg's a pretty good dancer. More on that later. The egg is worried about the tadpole squad. Yeah. That's what we call a cum wave. It's the tadpole squad. Oh, my God. You call it a cum wave? Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you call it? She says ew over and over, and then they run into the diaphragm. But one courageous sperm gets through by the rim. Shout out to diaphragms, though. That used to be a thing, and now, not so much. This is wildly uncomfortable the sperm is saying you know why i'm here don't stop that come on give it up give it up 
Let me in, baby. Let me in. Come on, mama. Come on, hot mama. You're hot mama. Ow. We get some sparks, some electrocution, and Roseanne's voice says, here I am, all conceived and nowhere to go. I really never thought of the egg getting impregnated as being against her will till this movie. Thanks for the education. The way of the world, Maze. So procreation works. Cut to Molly getting home. Travolta and the kid are eating. They're throwing food into mouth. Kirsty brought home a potty training seat for the kid. She wants Travolta to explain the toilet to Mikey. Bruce calls it a hat. Oh! You want to take a piss? You do it. All right, when you want to take a whiz, you no. do What? See, man, about a horse, drain the snake. What do you want me to say? Pee-pee. Pee-pee's such a wimp word. I don't know. Pee-pee is easy for him to say. There's also a moment where Travolta mimes whipping his dick out with both hands. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. Like a fire hose. Look. He's talking. Two. Two. Now. Molly says to make it fun for him. She puts the seat on her head. They start singing. Come along and be my party boy. Come along and be my party boy. Is this Come really an appropriate subject for a musical? Boy. And you can party too. Yes, oh, yeah. you. My girl likes to party all the time. Party all the time. You got to fight for your right mm. to party. You got to fight for your right. To party. party sung pun mashup. I don't care what they say. I'm not pooping in that thing. I got my standards. Yeah, baby. We get random close-ups of two women walking down the street. Oh, neighborhood hoes of the 80s. This was all so we could see them dropping the keys off the balcony, which I feel like is a 20 CB situation. That's definitely a 20 CB situation. We got buzzers now, right? Well, we had buzzers back then too. It's just sometimes you need a keys just to get in. That's just to get us to an outdoor cafe where Molly and Rona are talking about men. What the hell is Molly wearing? The fashion in this movie is fantastic. No, but not everybody. She's a businesswoman. No, this was not a businesswoman's attire. She's an accountant. It was not an accountant's attire. It was like librarian from movies set in like the 70s. (laughs) Who has sex with you in order to have two babies, let alone one friend tells her if you want a boy eat sodium rich food if you want a girl eat more dairy is rona little orphan annie all grown up rona is 50 years old right she looks like annie at 50 years old she looks like she's 50 when she's actually like 30 we now and this is the start of some real disturbing imaging cut to the baby in the womb you can see the baby's vagina roseanne says two arms two legs and two mouths. What the fuck? I Do you want her mouth or her downstairs mouth? I think that's a callback to the original one where Mikey is in the womb and he's remarking at like two arms, two legs, and then he looks down and says, Oh, it looks like I got a third arm growing. That's what that is. That's a callback to another very inappropriate joke from the, from the first movie. Shout out to Amy Mecklenburg. Or Heckling or whatever her name is. <laughs> Mecklenburg Heckling. Yeah. No, you got it. Now they're showing the kid a computer teaching him dog. Kid types jar. It shows a jar. The boss interrupts them. Mikey discovers heels on Rona because they're hiding him under the desk from the boss. This boss has a horrendous business mullet. I thought it was Arnold Stank. This boss has his ass firmly cemented on. Boss wants to know why the kid's there. Mikey says, what's up, my man? And then he goes into one of the great, holy shit, 20th century bitch speeches 
that we've had in all of Cinephobe history. She says it's an emergency. Boss says she thinks she has a son and is pregnant, that she deserves special consideration because of it. Accountancy is filled with hardship. It's nothing but sacrifice. Hey, if you wanted something easy, why don't you become like a dental hygienist or a car rental person? Baby in the womb says it's loud and opinionated out there. This animatronic doll of the fetus. That's when I sent you guys a picture. I hate it. It's like a cabbage patch kid. I hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable. The boss is telling a story about coming out of ulcer surgery and immediately demanding his adding machine and calculator because he just loves working so much. He loves being an accountant. Mikey pours white out on the guy's shoes, then mouths, you mess with my mother, you mess with me. So he can mouth this stuff and he can think it, but he can't actually say it? What is that? I don't like thinking about this because he should not talk at all or it should be Bruce Willis's voice saying dumb shit. Also... No payoff on the whole whiteout on the shoe thing. No, not at all. He never notices it. We don't know. This movie has an absurd number of insanely short scenes with no context that easily could have been cut out of the movie. It's also only an hour and 20 minutes. Exactly. Takes like a couple seconds to establish the scene, maybe. Now Travolta and Molly are at her parents' place talking about his tips as a cabbie. He says he made made up the numbers for the tax return. As a flight instructor, he earned $9,212. He thinks that's pretty good. And Molly gives him the fakest, I can't believe I'm in this fucking relationship smile. Do you see the sign that says accountants do it without losing their balance? Ho, ho, ho! Which is funny, but also, like, are they talking about fucking? Yes. Yeah. Also, this entire scene, top to bottom, exposition tax prep. This is nothing but like H&R exposition block. This is Jack's position, Hewitt. That's all this is. <laughs> Turbo tax position. Oh, my God. You made $177 a week as an instructor. He argues that it's not his main job. He says them getting married hasn't allowed him to fly. At this rate, he'll never work for an airline. Unlike Stuart, who's got a plethora of opportunities. A plethora. A regular genius. What's a plethora? Plethora. It sounds like placenta. That's what I thought he was saying at first, was placenta. You got a placenta of opportunities. The grandma adds, at this rate, there's a lot of things you won't be doing. Jesus Christ, Ooh, man. Wow. Yikes. Travolta says Stuart calls Molly every two weeks for money. Grandma says he has money in the bank, which is something he knows nothing about. Jesus. Yo, she hates this dude. Travolta tells Mikey they should go get some Carvel. He mouths sort of that he's got the time if you got the diapers. The mouthing is really starting to aggravate me. I fucking hate it. It makes me hate this kid. How does it work if there's baby banter, but no one can hear it but us? Is that still banter? The idea that like the baby is sometimes saying kind of, but not quite. But never really. Yeah. And so it made me start thinking like, how did they fucking make this movie? Because at first I thought they just put a camera on the kids, let the kids do whatever the hell they wanted. And just wait for them to do stuff right. And then just fit it into the movie, to the script. And then dub it over later. Right. Exactly. But then I'm like, no, they're clearly there together. They're wearing the same clothes. They're waiting for this kid. to. I mean, I don't know. And I went, I I looked it up and I couldn't find anything on how they made this movie, which made me more upset. Made me just think they just didn't actually have a script. They just waited to see the kid do something. Molly gets on her mom about always being on Travolta's case. Grandma says he has the earning capacity of an illiterate immigrant. Good Lord. Make America great again. Do we have a Trump drop that we can start involving (laughs) him? I don't want to drop him. I just just think it would be funny though. No? Do we have a Trump drop? <laughs> <Do> we- <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something like Trump said that would like indicate that this person is very MAGA. 
I want Trump's voice. Uh, I really don't. Earning capacity of an illiterate immigrant. What the fuck does that mean? Straight out of Stephen A. Smith's category. Like, <laughs> I love you, Stephen A. Smith. I'm sorry. The joke wrote itself, though. You gotta eat that one, Stephen A. Damn it, everybody knows that I'm a bottom feeder. No, keep the word eat in mind, folks, because, <laughs> boy, we got a doozy coming up. In about five minutes. She won't say anything if that's what Molly wants. Cut to Molly explaining to Mikey that his sister is in her belly and he thinks that she means the juice cup on her stomach. Then he feels the belly and, it, and the baby kicks. Now the baby's head is caught in the placenta. Placenta. Caught in the plethora. Mikey plays her a music box sound. The creepy doll says she'll never get that tune out of her head and she falls asleep. Molly says she'll need his help when she has the kid because he'll be her big brother. And he dreams about getting the bottle ready as we hear, I got my mind set on you. And there's a montage of him feeding the baby. I need a montage. But let me just say right now, guys. The song is I Got My Mind Set On You. I sang it at the end of the last episode, I believe. I don't know if it made the cut. It sure did. I was lying last episode because the real Amin cannot listen to that song and not think of the Weird Al Yankovic version. You did, bro. I cut him off. Did I? I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. It's gonna take time, whole lot of precious time. You gotta write so many words mm-hmm. to do it, 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 to do it right, child. This song is just six words long. I got my mind set on you. He's feeding the baby. They walk out of FAO shorts. He buys her a pretzel without salt. Baby's day out. And a kid with a spiked leather vest and a bandana and spiky hair tries to steal her toy. Leather daddy kid. I'm glad he wasn't black. That's the upset of this movie, really. Based on some of the other stuff that happened. He says he'll rip the kid's lungs out. He takes the toy back, says he'll never let anybody hurt her. When he shoves the kid... The punk kid falls forward. The song is six words long. This kid has the worst mouth dubbing. Like, he's just a stupid kid. This movie... He says, yeah, I've got my work cut out for me. Is the ADR Hall of Fame. Or Hall of Shame. What an easy job for fucking Bruce Willis and Roseanne Barr, by the way. And Damon Wayans. Oh, my God. Roseanne Barr did this in 45 minutes. Of course. She had like three lines. And none of them were good. Paul Schaefer is in Travolta's cab complaining that he didn't take 48th Street. Is that Paul Schaefer for real? Yeah, it's Paul Schaefer. Oh, shit. Mikey's with him. Poor daddy. Hanging out with buttholes all day long. Oh, man. What's toys in the car? How about this for some 20th century, bitch? kid in the front seat yeah <laughs> no seat belt no car seat they put this movie out in 1989 and nobody batted an eye no, no one cared that's how that shit works what would you do if your uber driver had a toddler i kind of feel like i've been in an uber with an uber driver had a toddler i would just be very disorienting for me <laughs> oh easy maze kid fucks with the meter oh easy zach don't say those two words right after that's the easy maze <laughs> kid messes with the meter thank you and resets it it goes from 1250 down to 150 paul Schaefer gets out gives him two dollars don't bring your kids to work 
He's got a point. <laughs> All right. Now we're at the IRS. Someone's discussing a bad business loan, and Molly says the couple's Uncle Ernie convinced him to start a restaurant called Eat Me Raw. My new favorite restaurant. 20th century bitch. What is this movie? This is supposed to be a family movie. Eat Me Raw. Eat Me Raw. Is that asking for no dental dam? I guess. Take it all off. It was going to have sushi, steak tartare, and crudites, as she said. Crudities. Molly starts going into labor. The fetus is trying to strangle itself. She says labor takes hours so the meeting can keep going. What? They lost $1,200 on salmon, and they're arguing about frozen sushi, which is a 20 CB thing, because that is redundant now. Pretty much all sushi you get is frozen. Oh, man. 20 CB, man. Your sushi was fresh. Right at the ocean, on your plate. I promise it wasn't. You got sick from it, and it goes bad. That <laughs> place is called Eat Me Raw. This word just six words. Couple doesn't have books for the restaurant. Molly freaks out, saying Uncle Ernie was an idiot. It was a stupid idea. And then in a demon, not the whole thing. Molly says, the whole Just allow the fucking deduction. By the way, right before she did that, I did laugh at. Uncle Ernie was more of an idea, man. I, I laughed. <laughs> no restaurant experience. At the hospital, Rona has has Mikey. She says he's going to be a big brother. This is the point where I realize this woman's name is Rona. <laughs> he's just the right kid for the job. The fetus has the cord wrapped around Travolta, or wrapped around its neck. Travolta's watching the surgery. He faints. I wish it were around Travolta's neck. <laughs> this baby is about to be dead. Unfortunately, there's not enough umbilical cord in this world. To wrap around that mountain head? No. They're doing a C-section, and the doctor takes the baby out of her stomach like he's bringing groceries out of a bag. My twins were born via C-section. It's fairly accurate in that, like, the mother's laying there, and they put up, like, a curtain. It's like a wall. But you're on the right side of the curtain. You're holding the hand of the mother. You're, everything's cool. Everything's going to be great. Don't worry about it. And I made the mistake of being like, what, what's on the other side of this curtain? And when I tell you, the amount of like internal organs and stuff that was just sitting in a bowl on the side. I was like, bowl. Uh, it, it's the weirdest thing, Zach. Like crudites? More like a shallow, wide bowl. Okay. And then the other thing I remember thinking to myself is all my life, whenever someone in the movies gets disemboweled and it's all red and like, I'm like, Hollywood, I know you got to make things more theatrical for the movie. They don't care about being accurate. I remember looking at all that stuff that was sitting in that bowl, and I said, holy shit, all these years they've gotten it right? I apologize. I felt so sorry. I was like, I'm sorry, Hollywood. I'm sorry. And then I just had to like turn away because it was just a little too much. A little too real? A little too interesting and educational, yeah. No, not educational at all. It was just terrifying they cut the cord off the neck molly's awake is that procedure 20 cb yes oh man kirstie had absolutely no reaction no no it's local anesthesia they they really don't feel that much now they're in much more pain days later yeah that's how it happens natural childbirth is very painful in the moment but then like you recover very quickly c-section is the opposite it's like in the moment you feel great. You're a little sleepy. You feel the pressure of something happening. You don't feel pain. But then you're literally on pain pills for like a week afterwards. She notices Travolta's passed out on the floor. Roseanne says, you look a lot better from the outside. They take her, put her in observation. Roseanne's having nightmares about Molly saying goodbye. Jeez, life sucks. 
Molly tells Rona, you're next. She says she hopes so. Travolta walks in with Mikey, introduces himself as he'll be in charge of her life. Can the babies hear each other? No. Doesn't seem like it. But they're bantering for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Roseanne asks, who is this asshole? Say no more. I'm sure you're tired after all that traveling, especially that long trip down the birth canal. Ha <laughs> ha. She says, stop. You're killing me. You got her a cow toy. She hates it. All right, fine. Don't have a cow. Is that a Simpsons reference oh it might be but i don't know if the simpsons was big at that point simpsons like a year old uh, yes it was but i don't think it was big a year into oh that whole bart simmons don't have a cow man and all that shit oh my god i put reference question mark that was like 91 92 i'm gonna go with it just being an expression rather than the simpsons did it so i'll scratch out my reference yeah cross that out cut to the park mikey is talking to eddie voiced by damon wayans mr toilet man he likes to eat your doodle in your pee-pee. So I say, give it to him. Mikey can't believe it. Eddie says his mother said diapers are for babies. Mikey wants to take his sister for a little walk. The moms are asleep on a bench, which is horrible parenting. They try to walk the stroller to the zoo. Molly wakes up, notices, stops him, says don't take his baby sister away like that. Mikey gives Molly a tube from the ground. She says it's hospital garbage they make crack pipes out of. Eddie's mom, way ass on. Before she said anything, I wrote, is that a crack pipe? And then when she confirmed it, I said, Jesus Christ, 20th century, bitch. We could nonchalantly just have a crack pipe in a very middle class movie. It's just (laughs) so 20th century, bitch. So she pulls out the disinfecting wipes, cleans his hands, and then she just fucking tosses that shit right into the stroller. And I'll give them a lot of credit for this because they have the benefit of hindsight in all these scenes. They have Bruce Willis in his voiceover say, sorry, honey, she didn't mean to throw that on you. (laughs) Like, she absolutely threw the used wipe into the stroller. It's brilliant writing. All right. Back at home, Mikey needs to go. No, I didn't think it made the scene. You didn't notice that? Neither of you noticed that. I noticed it. I just, I didn't think it was the best part of the scene. Maze? I didn't notice. I was getting really (laughs) fed up with the baby talking gimmick at this point. And I was distracted by Roseanne calling Eddie and Mikey schmucks, even though her name is Julie Ubriaco. Julie Ubriaco. Oh. Travolta says he promised Mikey could finish a video. She keeps turning it off. Is this video a minstrel? show cartoon is this tv in the fireplace <laughs> don't undermine me you don't undermine me let's take it outside is he gonna hit her yeah. <laughs> videos on for mikey it's a cartoon about the electric chair mikey says because his sister's a baby he has to go to bed early the baby's awake in a playpen thing why is this baby awake why is this baby in a crib if the kid has to go to bed why isn't the baby already asleep because they're gonna put him to bed at the same time which is why he's pissed i think parents walk into the hall and he says she's cutting his nuts off (laughs) what is this movie why are they talking about nuts you're cutting my nuts off in front of my one-year-old son (laughs) also not his kid remember isn't that someone else's kid it's not his kid this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Personally, the pandemic, I thought I was handling it really well at first. And then after a few months, I got really down. I stopped working out. I stopped kind of doing the things I needed to do to keep my my mental health really good. I stopped like really interacting with a lot of people and realized like I was in a rut and I needed help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad 
range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted daily and you can visit betterhelp.com slash ding. That's better, H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Count the Ding's listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash ding. She says, because he's the man, he gets to make all the decisions. If I promise him something, don't make me look like an asshole. You're doing a good job of that yourself. Neighbor complains about the noise. Yeah, but why are they arguing in the hallway? She's taking him to the baby gym in the morning so he can socialize. No more park. She tells him about the crack pipe. He says, oh, God, you're so scared. So mockingly. (laughs) It's a goddamn crack pipe, John Travolta. (laughs) We'll bring him up to be a real crybaby. He thinks this is about their income discrepancy. She says she never brought up money with them. They're screaming at the neighbor. Roseanne says, let's take stock here. My brother is 27 pounds of stupid. Parents are okay separately, but as a couple, they stink. At that point, we hear Travolta in the background yell, why don't you put me in a fucking dress? What is that about? He's emasculated. <laughs> I don't know. That's the second F-bomb in this movie. Because they cut his nuts off. He cut his nuts off, yeah. Kirstie Alley drops an F-bomb when she does the Not the whole thing. Yeah. Bit. And then we get another F-bomb here. And in both instances, I don't think we really needed those to make the movie. My entire life, before I did this podcast, I used to think of editors and the studios as being real cock blocks. You guys have taken away all the fun. You guys are making these movies lesser than. You know what? These people have a point. None of these movies need to be rated R for language. You're soft. You're raising yourself to be a crybaby. I'm soft. You're cutting your own nuts off. Okay, Uncle Stewart. Roseanne says, Herbie the Penguin Toys are only friend. Abba Zabba. You my only friend. Rona's still talking about man problems. I'm calling her Twink Rona at this point. I'm not. Molly says she hates how Travolta's always. I'm not. I'm not. That's a dangerous game. Dangerous game. Molly hates how Travolta's always telling her how to take care of Mikey. She thinks he's frustrated he doesn't have a job that he loves. Grandma tells her to take control of the situation. Calls Travolta a schmendrick. Great word. Can we call in Carmel right now to explain what a schmendrick is? Because I don't want any of us to get in trouble. But I do believe this word is meant to be, has Yiddish slash Hebrew origins. Am I doing too much there? Can we just get Ian on the line? That's racist, no. Ask a Jewish friend, Ian Carmel. (laughs) You want to phone a Jewish friend? (laughs) I do. I would like to. I just want to know what a Schmendrick is because I'm worried if I Google it, then... I become an anti-Semite. I don't think you become one. You maybe confirm that you're one. I don't think you become Whoa. one, though. So, Whoa! <laughs> says the problem is he works his ass off for no reason. Grandpa has an account with some pilot thing, and he can earn thirty to $50,000 a year. That's not a lot of money. I mean, it is for 1980s, right? Is it? In New York? Isn't it? He's a cab driver. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Cinephobe! <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
forty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty nine is equivalent to the purchasing power of eighty seven thousand six hundred forty three dollars and eighty seven cents. That's pretty good in a two income household where the other income is a she's a goddamn accountant. Sure, for the IRS. Oh whoa 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 whoa! What's playing in my headphones? Ah, oh, make it stop! What's happening? All right, I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. I'm not doing this on purpose. Oh, here it is. Oh, thank God. Lawnmower man's got you now, Jake. I started playing I Got You, Babe, and I'm like, wait, I don't remember playing that song. And then I realized it was on the Amazon. Like, where I was watching. Travolta just has to call no, no. someone. I have a question. I have oh a question. Zach, I just want to know, how does it feel being the deadbeat significant other? It's great. Okay. Are you kidding me? I love being a trophy husband. You got to get you work and shit. Like, you like that? I love it. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Good answer. Travolta has to call someone to make this happen. There's all this residue on my fight club. It's come. Oh Travolta and Molly are in bed fighting over covers. He wants to know what kind of equipment they fly. She doesn't know. With his job, he can fly different types of aircrafts. She wants to know what it matters. He says she doesn't love flying, so it wouldn't matter to her. What the fuck? His character is worse than his character in Staying Alive. So he's more misogynistic? It's kind of like what if Tony Monero is trapped in a <laughs> trapped in a marriage. Yes. Oh, jeez. Instead of flying, it's dancing. I want to get the job on my own. You know what? I like Christy Alley's voice. What? The same reason I like Scarlett Johansson's voice. There's something about that, like... Deep voice? It's not deep. It sounds like they were screaming last night and not today. They've got a little bit of a hoarse voice. Like Mr. Ed? This is making me as uncomfortable as anything you've ever said on this podcast. I enjoy a nice hoarse voice. After you, Frau Blucher. (laughs) Travolta admits the problem is her mother controlling his life. That's the reason she and her brother are accountants. He laughs at the idea that they genuinely love it, but she says it deals with her two favorite things, numbers and people. He says they check the tax return each year to make him feel stupid. It's true. He's not going to take the job. She starts crying in bed. He feels bad and apologizes, and he's really just trying to get some. Do you guys ever fall for it when a girl cries? What? Oh, my God. A loaded question. Can we just move on from that horrendously? Misogyny! statement what i'm just saying that when she starts crying do you fall for do it do you fall like there's no room for it to be real there's no reality where that could be real i'm just saying i'm like I <laughs> yeah go ahead go ahead and cry she's crying about how he feels about her parents he says he'll call freddie tomorrow they start making out there's a knock at the door and it's her brother casey jones from ninja turtles and he comes in hot. Hot, hot heat. He's saying he hates these damn Asians buying up the whole damn country, but he doesn't say Bingo! It. Well, go oh, Jesus. All right. Um, I was trying not to bingo. use the word. Yo, count on maze. Whenever we're trying to dance around Good a bingo God. word, he, he leans right the fuck into it, which I guess you can do when you're the one editing the podcast. You're right. Clip that. Maze wins that round. Maze is right. He's no longer the accountant for Mitsubishi. Big MAGA vibes here. This entire family. Super MAGA. Can we get some Trump? No. He (laughs) He needs to stay there. She says as long as he wants. Travolta can't believe it. He throws his bag on a cake that I can only assume they were leaving out uncovered overnight. Because they were about to fucking go to bed. And it's clearly made out of foam. Yeah, well, it's also right. It's also made of Why not just have a real cake to splat? For the effect. Small budget. Look at money bags here. Why not have a real cake? Mikey has to pee in the middle of the night. Wonders if Mr. Toilet Man eats his pee-pee. 
You might believe it. Turns the light on. Toilet's normal. Turns around and Mel Brooks is the voice of Mr. Toilet Man. That toilet's got a face. I was so excited. Oh, it's Mel Brooks. Hey, you're supposed to give me some pee-pee. Spits all these blue chemicals at him as he talks. Not blue chemicals. It's a toilet thing that everyone used to have in the 80s. You put it in the tank. And those weren't chemicals? No. Blueberries. That's not how science works. Mr. Toilet Man calls him a little pisher. You better give me that pee-pee or the next time you sit on me, I'm going to bite off that tushy. Baby. Wakes up in the middle of the night. Molly comforts him. Next day, Roseanne is fixated on Stuart's eyebrows, who's going on a racist rant to a baby. Is Stuart Don Shampoo? <laughs> He's just talking about a country of salt. I mean, that's just how it was when we did it. Everybody's getting ready to leave. Roseanne thinks she's going too. Wants to play with Play-Doh today. They leave her with a nanny. Travolta flies a private jet, puts luggage in the passenger's car, and they're dicks to him. Molly just walks onto the tarmac to say hi to him. 20 CB. Never forget why we can't walk on tarmacs anymore. Hashtag thanks a lot, Bin Laden. He complains that they complained about the turbulence. He's not happy. He got a couple of creeps. Oh, you skipped over a bunch of shit. Where Molly and Rona are walking down the street, some guy walks by and Rona turns around and is like all goo goo gaga over him. The worst ADR since Johnny Be Good. Oh, he reminds me of Leon. And I said, there's no chance there's a white Leon. There's a white Leon. Where? Kings of. Kings of Leon. Which one is Leon? Leon the Professional. Okay. Second of all. Name two. (laughs) Leon Trotsky. Uh, That's Leo Trotsky. (laughs) Leo's short for Leon, right? Leon Da Vinci. Mm -hmm. Number two, Rona. Zero cheeks. Oh, my God. I was so staggered by her cheeklessness. You were staggered? Later, someone calls somebody a dick face. Yep. I wrote the Travolta note. Oh, jeez. And then he starts complaining about this beeper lifestyle. 20th century bitch. Yeah, she's trying to convince him of, of the bright side of everything. He's saying that he's on call 24-7. They can't plan vacations. Am I a waiter or a pilot? Same note too, bro. I was wondering the same thing because they're yelling at him for spilling drinks. It's like he's flying the fucking plane. Right. Yeah. How is that his fault? Roseanne's trying to crawl. Mikey believes he's a failure as a big brother because she he can't teach her to crawl. She starts moving towards his toys. Now he needs to show her about toys. Are they communicating through telepathy? Yes. Doesn't make any sense. Are these baby geniuses? What are these? She's bouncing like a cocker spaniel. You know, I'm not a dog guy, but the cocker spaniels bounce? No, it's really like a Jack Russell Terrier. Do they bounce too? They jump like crazy. I don't know if you're doing a joke. That's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know anything about dogs. Is this funny? Is this just a line? Travolta gets home late and Stuart pulls a gun on him. Freeze! Why do you have a gun in my house? It's a nine millimeter. It's not loaded. That's what stupid people say. Gun control movie? Flying in the face of MAGA family? Stuart's out here predicting the future. You know, you stock up your cabinets with bottled water and, and flashlights. But what do you think's going to happen when the shit really hits the fan, huh? Like like earthquakes or, or, or flash floods or, or mudslides. Or just, like, just a lot of chaos and horror. People die in the streets, and right? And you're sitting nice and pretty with your bottled water. Now the guy next door has got one of these. Who's going to go thirsty? Him? Or you. He does have a point. This is how The Walking Dead happens. Travolta says he doesn't want that maniac around his kids. Tells Molly about the gun. She asks him about it. He says it's not loaded. She says it's not loaded. They have the world's smallest twin bed, by the way. They got to upgrade that bed. That's too close. Way too close. Travolta calls Stuart Travis Bickle. Oh. Reference! Reference! Uh, thank you, Mace. She's pro-gun, by the way. Molly is. MAGA family. They struggle over the covers, so there were just scissors out on the nightstand. Travolta grabs them. Yeah, it looked like there's like a whole sewing kit bedside. So he's complaining about the gun in the house, but then they just have 
sharp objects on the bedside table. You never know when you might have to stitch something or mend something or, in this case, create a brand new invention that I thought, you know what? Pretty genius. A split blanket where it's like connected at the bottom, but at the top it's split. So that way you don't have to fight over the blanket anymore. Split blankets, wherever you get podcasts. Well, he executes it horrendously and ends up with about a sixth of the blanket but him cutting this blanket is how i edit these podcasts (laughs) just angrily whipping out the scissors (laughs) bath time for the baby mikey wants to know where her penis is where's julie's penis is it in the tub maybe did she break it off and then the baby says no penis she tells travolta to tell him about boys and girls he won't mikey isn't even his kid right why is that his conversation to have christiali says mommy's a girl so she doesn't have a penis. And then that's what Travolta says. She's got some set of balls. And then Kirstie reports back, but daddy is a big, and the kid says, penis. <laughs> and then they start going through a magazine that has pictures of 80s celebrities. Yeah, it's Stallone, penis. Goldie Hawn, no penis. George Bush, tough call. Politics. Oh, 20th century, bitch. It's Stallone literally straight out of Tango and Cash. It's the same time frame, and it's the same outfit with the little glasses. The glasses with the suit. Yep. (laughs) Stockbroker cop. Gilbert Godfrey is at the baby gym class. He's talking nonsense to these kids. It's chaos in there, which is my nightmare. He's also the same size as these children who are like five years old. Yeah, I had a problem trying to figure out whether these kids were like assistants or... (laughs) <laughs> also the kids are touching him a lot yeah it's easy maze mikey and eddie are looking up a child's dress eddie and sheila played doctor earlier <laughs> what the hell is happening we played doctor earlier eddie is advanced he's way more advanced than mikey he sure is mikey wants to give this potty thing a try because eddie gets all the girls he's trying to make himself pee he realizes he has to pee and he pisses himself kind of like when may shit himself after that basketball practice kind of but i was wearing overalls yo this kid loves some fucking overalls they got this kid in overalls in every goddamn scene. 20 CB. Speaking of 20 CB. Wrestling Buddies commercial. Oh, my God. I had those Wrestling Buddies, man. I had Hulk. I had Warrior. I had Macho Man. Loved that shit. That's what you guys resonated to. I resonated to the Cobra Hammerhead. Oh, yeah. That as well, man. I absolutely wanted the Cobra Hammerhead. That shit was so essential, so official. Big time. He says, I want a Cobra Hammerhead. And his little sister says, I want a cobra hammer bed or whatever camera head and he says it's for boy jesus oh yo which by the way answers the question they can't understand each other travolta comes home from work brought mikey an airplane toy he doesn't want it he wants the hammerhead he calls kirsty priscilla and she calls him elvis future callback they start doing that three quarters of the way into the movie and then don't stop doing it stewart comes home he's never been more insulted by a job interview it was for a liberal type organization american foundation for crybabies or some shit maga Salary was so low, he wanted to kick the guy's ass. Then he borrows 20 from Molly. He's wearing John Travolta's jacket without asking. Yeah, you mind? She hands him a fistful of balled up dollars. So much loose cash. 20th century, bitch. Where the fuck did that come from? From the strip club where she works at. Travolta starts ranting about Stewart. You know, I don't mind that every job interview he goes up on, he gets upset. It doesn't really bother me that he takes my clothes without asking And I I can even put up with this fascist point of view. But you know what bothers me? You know what really ticks me off is this and this. 
He drinks everything but a drop and then he puts it back. He takes bites out of everything, then he puts it back. He reads our newspapers, our magazines, hides them before we get a chance to read them. Well, I'll have a talk with him. No, no talk. I want him out of here. Why does she put him ahead of Travolta? It's Stuart or him. She hates him asking her to do this. She should. He says that she's inconsiderate and stubborn. She is. She says he's a big, stupid slob. She's right. He says she's just big and stupid. Oh. She says, I may be big, but I'm not stupid. Fat actress. Great comeback, followed by bad comeback. Ass on. Says to get out of here. He pays half the rent. Well, she pays all the utilities. Fine! Elvis is leaving the building! Callback. Mikey thinks it's Roseanne's fault. Tears apart the penguin toy. Montage of her being alone and being a single parent. And we're gonna need a a lot of movies she's crying sad montage rona comes over needs to stay there for a night her place was robbed telephone stereo camera and grandfather's gold watch the watch the watch the way your dad looked at it this watch was your birthright you'd be damned if any slope's gonna put the greasy yellow hands on his boy's birthright so he hid it in one place he knew he could hide something his ass pretzel kiosk her costume jewelry too some of that stuff's really expensive Stuart has the gun freaks out they're several feet into the apartment they're walking around they're talking loud Stuart is apparently asleep yeah he was assed out yeah <laughs> pops up and yells freeze she introduces them Rhoda says Molly never said that she had a brother and I'm like aren't they best friends they also talked about it in an earlier scene when they're walking on the street later on in that same conversation she says I've heard so much about you. Yeah, I've heard wonderful things about you. This broad is thirsty. Big time. Little Orphan Annie is ready for some big orphan penis. What? Second of all, <laughs> the He's not- blank... <laughs> Why is an orphan penis? Why is he an orphan? Because I'm drunk. I-, I wanted something with some good alliteration and I couldn't think of anything at the time. The other thing is the whole... Blank never mentioned having a sibling is such a 20th century bitch fucking gambit. Movies, TV shows, cartoons. It was a whole thing where it's like somebody shows up and it's a friend there. They're like, oh, and they start twirling their hair in their finger. Like, oh, and she never mentioned having a brother or a sister or whatever. Well, there's also the variation where you run into a, a MILF. And you say, I didn't know you had a sister. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot too. Shout out to 20 CB. Molly's walking the kids. There's a blonde kid in the stroller. That's not a blonde kid. That's the same note too, baby. Dude, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's a surfer in New York City. This high ass kid. Oh my God. (laughs) He might be my golden dumpster. Is the blonde kid high? Same note too, bro. Roseanne gets a vaccine. Mikey's enjoying her being in pain. He's kind of a dick like his dad. Stepdad. Oh, that's right. Now Roseanne's walking. Travolta's gone. Also, uh, she finds her penguin toy's head. Did they not clean that up? No, still there. That's days, man. Yeah, we're supposed to have like an emotional moment where it's like, oh, that's right. What does this nanny do? All the nanny does is the same as what's her name in uh, Disclosure. Nothing. Nothing but just tell business to the children. Roseanne vows to walk and get out of there. Travolta and the kids are going to see a movie. Arnold or Betty Boop Mays clip Travolta's Arnold impression, please. Oh, it's terrible. Well, what would Arnold say if he were here? He'd say, do it. Why don't you do it? You are here. 
seen my movie. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I had the same note too, bro. And by the way, this whole movie theater visit. The scam god, man. God scam god. Scam god. The Stu Gots is strong <laughs> in this guy. Holy hell. I mean, I think Stu Gotts would actually shed a tear watching this scene. It's a real scam. Wow. Then Stu Gotts would try to execute it with his 17-year-old daughter. <laughs> she forgot her shoe in there. Kid left her shoe inside in order to sneak into the movies. Now he's scamming the concession guy for popcorn by making his kids throw a fit. Guy just gives him the popcorn. Roseanne is covered in chocolate. Travolta's explaining to the kids at the park that it's the mom's fault for bossing him around. That's good parenting right there. It's awesome. Kids are genuine chocolate faces. (laughs) (laughs) Travolta's ass on with this fake crying. Roseanne says it's Mikey's fault. She says male bonding makes her sick. And then he brings the kids home. They try to talk about resolving things. Mikey's banging a spoon on a plate, interrupting them. They both yell at him. And Roseanne feels bad for him. She's doing the thing with a spoon. He's just working his play. Mikey's watching over her in a crib. We get flashbacks to the first movie. We get a montage of kids having good and bad times, mostly bad. And we're gonna need a This is a big movie for former Beatles individual solo songs because earlier we got George Harrison. Now we've got Jealous Guy by John Lennon. I don't understand this montage at all. It's at all. It doesn't make any sense. From the previous movie, it's things that we just didn't see in this movie. It had nothing to do with what was happening in the movie. No, all it is is now he feels bad for being a shithead. No, but it had nothing to do with him. If he had accidentally hurt his sister fucking around and they're like, oh my God, and now she's in the hospital. He's a stupid baby. Okay. Like she stuck up for him and now he's like, oh wow, she stuck up for me with the spoon thing. Maybe I should have been nicer to her. That's why we had the montage? Yes. Oh my God. What? Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Stretch and Bobbito. Uh, what? There's a broken adding machine, 20th century bitch, and he's oh. stuffing the paper inside something. Oh. Yeah. I was dreaming of the past. He apologizes to her. Molly wakes up to Rona and Stuart drinking and talking on the couch. Do they have a neon sign? It says, love bras. And my heart was beating fast. Rona and Stuart kiss. I began to lose control. She would file a Schedule C. Ooh, Schedule cock. IRS tax form tension. I began to lose control. Roseanne is learning to walk now. I didn't mean to hurt you. Molly walks in to see her do it. She calls for Stuart Travolta. Nobody's there. So lonely. I never meant to make you cry. Rona Stewart and Molly are all down doing taxes together. Wow. Telling Stewart, I mean, shut the fuck up. I mean, <laughs> I swear to God. They're telling stories about tax deductions. There's a teacher that has a six-room apartment? This was a very confusing deduction tale. Exposition. Just three accountants cutting it up. <laughs> it's tax season. Why would they be out? They're arguing about deductions and crimes and all kinds of shit. Stuart thinks Travolta is out there getting laid. And so now he's going to take Rona out to eat. Leave Molly by herself. And she she imagined Travolta (laughs) drinking and driving in a convertible with a girl. Blasting Billy Idol. In the midnight hour, she 
driving more, more, more. He's driving recklessly. With a rebel yell. And then the woman's voice. How dull. We'll have to have some fun in life. <laughs> what a snail. Hey, let's go get some pork. They're gonna go fuck. I think so. Or they're actually gonna go get like some carnitas tacos or something. Is that what women think when they suspected their man of cheating? He does make an incredible Travolta shocked face when they nearly crash into the oncoming truck, but he avoids it. Unlike Helen Hunt. Wow. Wow. Too soon. Too soon. Molly's at gym class waiting for Travolta. Mikey and Eddie are talking about potty again. Eddie's trying to teach him how to hold his pee. Travolta gets there, grabs some kids who aren't his. Yeah, he just picks up a random kid named Buster. <laughs> He's going to help Godfrey, who screams to the kids that Indians, Jews, and, and Italians all like to dance in circles. Oh, my God. I missed that. I was a little too distracted by the Travolta Elvis dance. Elvis comes on. Travolta messes up a dap with Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> I don't know caught that. Now he's having a dancing line with the kids falling up the furniture. Kirstie rolls her eyes until they're crossed. What's the point of this? It's to get Travolta to dance. This hack. Grabs Mikey, says, hey, Molly, see you later, and then leaves. And then Molly's complaining that he acts like she doesn't exist. She's losing it. She starts pulling her face tighter in the mirror, tells Roseanne they need to go do some dressing up. And there's a dressing up montage. Yeah, let's dress up for Danny. And we're gonna need a montage. He's mimicking stuff that she does hilariously. There's a close-up shot of perfume being sprayed on tits. I don't think that they're Kirstie Alley's tits. And then there's a follow-up where we get perfume being sprayed on a baby's chest. Why does the baby have access to this perfume? That's bad parenting. And then she's just eating makeup brushes and lipstick. She's dressed up on the bed when Travolta brings Mikey home. Rona tells him that uh, Molly wants to talk to him. Is Rona just moved in at this point? Or is she and Stuart just banging on the couch? It's a halfway house at this point. She's trying to seduce him, wants to work out the problems. She calls him a putz, and then he pushes her on the bed and says, pipe down. Because she called out the heavy artillery, <laughs> which is like a leopard print dress. Mikey's going to try to piss in the toilet. He's talking to his pee. He struggles to walk to the toilet. He sits down and he pees in it. And then he starts screaming for his parents, cock blocking them once again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're so happy. They're conga lining to pee pee in the party. BB in the pate. It's better than airplanes and money. She says it's better than sex. I don't know about that. He has to go fly even though it's raining. There's a storm that's crazy. There's a hurricane. And she says she needs to talk to Travolta. She calls his work. He hasn't taxied out yet. They won't go get him for her. So she goes to the jetway, which is, I'm sure, just a quick little drive for her. When she calls to ask to talk to him. Oh, has he taxied out yet? Not yet. Oh, good. Can you have somebody go out there and get him for me, please? It's an emergency. No. <sighs> Do you think you could reach him on his phone? No. It reminded me of when Ed Helms is telling him... We open for O-Town, right here in Temecula, okay? Google it. No. Google it. No. Cab to the airport in a panic. This song sucks ass. She runs right out onto the tarmac and gets on his plane. Gets on the plane, and then there's just this random resolution where everything's fine, they're joking, and they love each other. It's too dangerous to fly. Do you read the fucking news? But then they call, they cancel all the flights. And then they're like, all right, I love you. I love you, too. Cut back to the apartment. Stuart is playing war with Mikey, the purest form of war. It's one-on-one. Distilled. Now someone's cutting the glass window. 
and break it in during a storm like this. What kind of robber logic is that? Everyone's going to be home. He's a horrendous burglar. Well, you know who it is. It's Frank Isola. (laughs) (laughs) Times are tough for Frank in the early 90s, late 80s. He breaks something. Stuart picks up the gun. He hears it. Tells Mikey to watch the baby. He busts in on Frank Isola, who knocks him down, goes out the window. Now there's a fire escape chase. A rag on the stove catches fire, falls to the floor where there are just newspapers everywhere. They catch fire. The apartment's on fire. The newspapers are in a box labeled newspaper for recycling. 20 CB exposition right there. That's right. (laughs) Mikey's looking for Stuart. He can't find him. Stuart's running down the street. Frank Isola gets hit by a car. Mikey decides to push his sister towards the door. Very calmly. The parents get home. They see the fire in the apartment. They go run up the stairs, and that's when Mikey and Roseanne get out of the elevator. How the fuck they know how to work an elevator? No fucking chance. You probably can't even read it or reach it. Travolta goes in the apartment, grabs the fire extinguisher, sprays it down. He fist pumps after putting it out. Yeah. Stuart tells the cops what happened as Isola's getting arrested. Rona wants to get married to him. She so does not horny. make good decisions. So horny. He's a hero. Molly takes credit for having a fire extinguisher. This marriage simply cannot last. There's no way. But she admits it was a bonehead idea to leave the kids with Stuart. So, you know, growth. They laugh and kiss over their negligence. Now they're at the in-laws. Time for a barbecue. It's a family affair. Everyone sits down to some dry-ass chicken. The caption says, indistinguishable bickering. Now it's Mikey and Roseanne together talking about getting out of the hot stuff. Roseanne thought he hated her. It's especially not good for kids at all. (laughs) He says she drives him crazy, but she's his sister and it's his job to love her. Stick together. There's us and there's them. As I'm sure you've noticed, Amin dropped off the call about four and a half minutes ago. So here we are reconnecting him. And as you can imagine, he's coming in. Just like you'd expect. I demand to be heard. She says the big ones don't make any sense. Lose control. I mean, did you notice it was Frank Isola in the apartment breaking in? Is it? No. <laughs> Isn't it? Welcome to Sirius XM NBA Radio. There's a song. I don't even know where we are in the in the shit. It's over. We're at the credits. I know, but it's just one note I had to have. The song is with a pound and a half of cream on my face. Yeah, yes, that's <laughs> when she's doing the dress up montage. And I'm like, say what now? <laughs> I knew you were gonna have that note. I dropped my drink when I saw that. I talk on the telephone for hours with the pound and a half of cream upon my face. The closed captioning jumps back and forth on how you spell Stuart, by the way. Oh, no, no. you guys noticed that one. I didn't notice that. What do we have for trivia? Travolta said. Maybe climbing up on top of a tower and shooting student nurses would make Stuart feel better. That is combining Charles Whitman, the Texas Tower sniper, and Richard Speck, the serial killer who killed a bunch of nurses, into one terrible, terrible serial killer. Richard Pryor was offered the voice of Eddie, but turned it down due to ill health. No, he was in the trailer. He was supposed to be Eddie. It wasn't even offered. He, He did it for the trailer. And then he got sick, so he had eight. The Learjet featured in the movie was owned by John Travolta at the time when the movie was made, which is probably the plane that I mentioned in Staying Alive. Yes. Did you catch the call signal on the tail of the plane? JT. Yeah, there you go. JT, John Travolta. In a 2016 interview with The Current, an online publication of the Criterion Collection, Amy Heckerling mentions that she had sort of been forced into doing a sequel to Look Who's Talking for legal reasons, 
And it was just like, the story is over. That was not a fun experience. Mm. Mays, please clip Sid Sichero saying fraud. Fuck you. You're not going to do the same thing that the guy that wrote Batman, who said like he got forced into making that shitty superhero movie. Was it Ghost Rider that he what? did? What? What do you mean? The file. That's what Whoopi said about Teddy Rex, too. Yeah. I believe Whoopi, by the way. One film in a late 80s Hollywood cycle of baby pictures. Movies include Baby Boom, For Keeps, Immediate Family, Three Men and a Baby, which is based on the then-recent French film Three Men in a Cradle. <laughs> She's having a baby, and look who's talking. When they're at the movie theater, there is a Total Recall poster. That's released, the movie they're going to. Yeah, it was released June 1st, 1990. And Look Who's Talking To was released December 14th, 1990. So that's a quick turnaround there, man. That's wild. Shout out to them, man, for like taking the exact minimum amount of time to make a decent movie. <laughs> no decence. That's, that's optimistic. <laughs> Breathe. In through nose. Out the mouth. Ass on. Ass off. Teddy Rex. Moosey Teddy Rex. Teddy Rex. Moosey Teddy Rex. Ass on. Fuck it, ass off. Ass on. Fuck it, ass off. Ass on. Oh, I got mine. I think it's gotta be Roseanne. <laughs> no, sir. I think it's Eddie's mom. But who you got, I mean? Oh, no. Eddie's mom. Who's Eddie's mom? Oh, Eddie's mom, the black woman? No. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do that around here, Zach. <laughs> what? You take your mega ass on. No. No, ass on is Molly's boss. Uh, when he comes in with that whole rant. Bullet? Yeah. Oh, my God. That dude had bad. his ass so firmly cemented on. I'm with that. I agree with that. Ass off. Who we got? I got Stuart. I believe that he was MAGA. The part where he's lecturing the baby kind of got to me. I was, he's good, man. He's good in this movie. <laughs> Bruce! You know what? I had Does Travolta. No. For ass off? Are you fucking high? <laughs> you think what? he had his ass off? I don't. Oh, I think he had his and Kirstie Alley's ass on him. He was terrible in this movie. Hey, no, my guy, JT. Okay. I, I'll go yeah, along with, with Stuart, Your guy, JT. Good That's Lord. my guy, man. All I right. like JT, man. What if I became friends with John Travolta? Like, a year from now. Like, well, like... Then what? You'd have to fight Pitbull oh, in a Highlander-style showdown. I kind of feel like I'd be more available than Pitbull would. People's got shit to do. I don't. I don't know that that's what John Travolta's looking for here. All I have is this podcast. As a widow. He's a widow? Yeah. Is Kelly Preston dead? She'd been dead, man. When? Really? No. No, she didn't. July 12th, 2020. Rona? No, not Rona. What? That's not Kelly Preston. Did she get Corona? (laughs) You couldn't have been whiter in that moment. Good Lord. You said Rona. There's a character named Rona in this fucking movie, asshole. Don't blame me for your lack of Died of breast cancer. Oh, shit. I feel really bad. Should. Should I? <laughs> You're good at keeping secrets? Absolutely. Because I've got a, a present for you. Secret present outside by the dumpster. Is it a baseball mitt? To fit you like, like a baseball mitt, like a glove. I hope. Golden Dumpster nominees, my new favorite restaurant, Eat Me Raw, <laughs> Mr. Toilet Man, Cutting the Sheets with Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> the same note too, baby. The blonde kid, the blonde hot kid. <laughs> I'm gonna be on myself. Kirsty's nightmare <laughs> slash Travolta's fantasy. <laughs> the Travolta Elvis dance and the horrendous burglar Frank Isola. Oh my god. Oh shit. <laughs> 
You know, baby. I mean, my golden dumpster is gonna be eat me raw. Like that. <laughs> That's a lock right there, man. Oh my god, I'm about to be all over myself. <laughs> What's your golden dumpster mean? Is it eat me raw? Oh man, I love to eat me raw. <laughs> same note, too bad. The blonde. The same note. He was so high. Oh my god! And it's like that's you know what? That's why I give credit to the filmmakers because somebody figured out just put these oversized sunglasses on him. <laughs> the kid was gonna look stoned out of his mind, and it did. He did. Race. What's your golden dumpster? Hmm. I liked his dance. I love the same note too, baby. I love Eat Me Raw, the restaurant. But I think I'm going to go with cutting the sheets with scissors just because <laughs> he did not execute well. Because Amin thought it was a genius invention. I think you could sell he it. He thought but destruction also, of way, property was genius. I just want to point out that America thought for the longest time that John Travolta was a great dancer. That's right, white people. That's what on that you. What with the sheet? Amin, you picked it, motherfucker. Phobe or file? Oh, this is a strong phobe. I don't even have to do a preamble to pretend. <laughs> no. Like I said... 20 minutes in, I was like, oh, this is like a, a bad IG voiceover video, except <laughs> it's 90 minutes long. 82 minutes. About like mm-hmm. 200 minutes, to be honest with you. These movies, I understand why at the time it was so like, oh, it's so fun. <laughs> but now, like, if you watch Tony Baker videos and now you try to watch this shit, like, you can't. Tony's so much funnier at this shit than this entire movie is. You just can't watch it. It's like watching a Ford Model T rumble down the road and be like, oh my God, I love automobiles. Maze, Wilberfile. I didn't laugh once at Roseanne and Bruce Willis. It was one of the worst, laziest gimmicks ever. I really do think they just rolled documentary style footage of these kids and then dubbed it all over later. They had to. There's had no to. other way they could. Yeah. The rest of the movie is Kirstie Alley and John Travolta just arguing <laughs> and Rona getting some. It's an easy phobe. Travolta month. If they were smart, they would have given us one of those scenes with the sperm flying into Rona. And then that would have been, look who's talking now. It would have been Rona's kid with Stuart. That's how the smart play would. But instead, they gave us pets. Do we even see the cum going inside the pet's vagina? What? I don't think so. What? (laughs) Zach, how do you follow that up? I'll just say phobe. Make sure you tweet us at Talk Hoops, at Corn Puzzle, at Darth Amin with your ass on, ass off, your golden dumpster, your phobe or file for Look Who's Talking To. Make sure you subscribe, patreon.com slash count the dings. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We got the poll going up on Twitter, at count the dings on Twitter. Vote for me after I pick Killing Season, Maze pick Staying Alive, or Amin pick Look Who's Talking To. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't deserve to pick. You didn't deserve the last two months, so. No, no, no. This one was truly, there was a point during this movie where I was like, is this my worst pick ever? I really contemplated that. And because I'm not Zach Harper, I've got a lot of bad picks to go through. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I don't have bad picks to go through. I'm with you. Yeah. My drunk ass misspoke. You know, whatever. (laughs) That was a Sideshow Bob step on a rake situation there. I mean, you did pick Deuce Bigelow. No, this was worse than Deuce Bigelow. I don't know. Deuce Bigelow was crass, but at least it had some some moments of ha ha ha. Like this one literally had, I think, one moment where I legit laughed (laughs) when he said, oh, she didn't mean to throw it at you. I laughed at that. The winner of this poll will be the picker of the next Travolta Month movie. (laughs) Or is it the picker? The picker. (laughs) Yo, I feel like we left a lot of meat on the Travolta bone. There is a plethora of options. (laughs) Next time we make love, 
Kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com/live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com/live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com/live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com/live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com/live.